Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Life Over Coffee. I am Rick Thomas. This is episode 403. I want to communicate something that we have been talking about on our uh, supporting member forums for a while now, and a couple of people responded favorably to what I shared with them, and I thought it would be worthwhile to build out a podcast episode to talk through this idea. And so let me give you the title of this episode of Life Over Coffee, and then I want to give you just a short blurb to explain uh, what I hope that I can communicate clearly to you throughout this episode. And so episode 403 is titled, The Difference Between Believing Something and Knowing Something. Now let me explain what I mean by that. Believing something, what we believe, our belief systems, and knowing something, those are two different things. And though knowing something is more important than believing something, we connect them because whatever it is that we know, it flows into our belief systems. And so you can think about our knowledge base as being this this big container that that sets above and it, it flows out and it creates our belief systems. And so our belief systems are built out through our knowledge base. And then our belief systems pour into our practices. And so that is the formula for how we do and why we do what we do. It looks like this. Knowledge creates our belief systems, and then our belief systems form our practices. Now, you can intuit from that that our knowledge base, well, that is the most important thing because that is the starting point. And so whatever your knowledge base is, that's going to create your belief system. And of course, that's going to roll out into your practices. Therefore, if your knowledge base is is not the Word of God, or if it's some kind of hybrid of the Word of God and other things, well, it's going to alter your belief systems. And I want to share a few illustrations of what I mean by that, both positively and negatively, so that you can truly understand the significance of having having the, the purest and most transcendent knowledge base that you could possibly have. Because again, if our knowledge base is outside of God's word, it will alter our belief systems. It will skew our practices. And that could be detrimental uh, to our individual lives, to our sanctification, how we relate to God, how we relate to others. And of course, that would be detrimental to our relationships as well. And so this is episode 403. Again, I titled it, The Difference Between believing and knowing something. By the way, let me make this point here. Uh, For the last uh, almost a year now, I have been doing direct video messages uh, Monday through Friday to our supporting community. As I like to say, that all our resources are free, and, and that's pretty much true. But I have this tension because there are people who underwrite our ministry. We do give our resources away, and and because of these people who support us, uh, $10 a month, $100 a year, and or anything, uh, other options as well, well, 
I want to honor them too. And so that's the tension. I want to give everything away, but I also want to honor the folks who believe in what we are doing. And so what I decided almost a year ago, and I didn't know how this was going to go, but uh, I did it. And I started making these video messages and they're anywhere from five to 15 minutes. I do one every day, uh, Monday through Friday. Well, by now I have uh, almost, or maybe more than 300 of these video messages, and I was just talking to my friend Janet uh, in uh, uh, Klamath Falls, uh, Oregon. Uh, we just spent 11 days in Klamath Falls doing a whole series of meetings, and maybe I'll talk about that at some point. But Janet has been faithfully supporting our ministry for many years now. And uh, she said, I heard, I heard that you were doing these uh, like messages, and, and what is that? And I'm not familiar with that. And so I, I walked her through, or we walked her through, how to get on our forums and access them. There is a special forum on the supporting side of our forums, and it's called Direct Messages from Rick Thomas. And so if you are supporting us financially and you need some help to access these direct video messages, please hit the support link, uh, the support, the contact button rather, which is our support email. Hit the contact button in the footer of the website and contact us and say, hey, I, I don't know. I don't know what my username is. I don't know what my password is. I don't know how to access these direct video messages. And Sharon, my executive assistant, will help you and get you connected so you can watch those. There are hours and hours and hours of content just for our financial partners. And this information isn't anywhere on the internet. This is a special thing that I do just for you. Every now and then, I will pull out one of those direct video messages and do what I'm doing right now. But again, there's, I don't know. I'll, I will say there's between 250 and 300 of those direct video messages that are there, and it is a lot of content. And if you are a financial supporter, I want you to know that, and we want to help you to get on that particular forum in the support area of our forum so that you can access it. All right, so I want to talk about this idea again. It was a direct video message, still is, it's still out there. Uh, but I, I want to extrapolate it. I want to expound upon it because it's just that important. Episode 403, the difference between believing something and knowing something. So here is the formula. The formula is knowledge, and think about this big container, it flows into our belief systems. Whatever it is that we believe, good or bad, right or wrong, comes from our knowledge base. For example, let's say that somebody's knowledge base is Wikipedia. Now, I don't recommend that, uh, but if Wikipedia was their knowledge base, well, that is going to impact their belief system. Maybe uh, for some people that watch a lot of news, maybe you watch a news outlet that has a 
let's say, a perverse uh, way in in presenting the news, well, that's going to give you your knowledge, and we know that that happens. Uh, We see that in the education environment as well. Many of us are quite alarmed about what is going on in our education systems because we know what I call the what I call university is uh, indoctrination centers and, and what's been going on at university for all of the many decades now multiple generations now is that they are indoctrination centers to a large degree and so when some kids go there and they don't have any competing knowledge base or they are censored from bringing an alternate opinion and even canceled if they bring an alternate opinion then it will be very easy to be brainwashed so that you have a knowledge base uh, that is predetermined by uh, the caretakers of that knowledge base in this case the university. Well, then that knowledge base is going to build out a belief system, and then, of course, that's that's where our practices come from. Now, let me give you two illustrations of this, which you have probably heard about. Uh, one of those is a, a flat earther. You know what a flat earther is? It is a person that believes the earth is flat. Well, the question is, if that's your belief system, how do you know that? I mean, of course, there could be several answers to how they know that, why that is their knowledge container that flows into their belief system. And of course, we would reject all of them because our source of knowledge is different from theirs. But it's important to know this because a knowledge base and a belief system, another word for a belief system is a faith issue. They believe this, a synonym, faith. This is a faith issue. And so if you just attack them head on, attacking their belief system, their knowledge base that feeds that belief system, it can become a very emotive and confrontational argument that you have with them. And so you want to understand them with with pity and with sympathy and and courage as well. I'm not saying let them stay in that uh, alternate worldview that knowledge base, but you want to understand that it is a faith issue. Their belief system is fed by a knowledge base that that other people have been managing and manipulating maybe for uh, many years. And so that's an illustration with a flat earther. Here's another one. Someone comes to you and they say that they were born in the wrong body. And so let's say that a A 13-year-old girl comes to you. By the way, the primary demographic of those who believe that they were born in the wrong body, uh, they are females, uh, they are white, they are middle class, and they're going into high school. I got that data from Abigail Schreier's uh, book, Irreversible Damage, an outstanding book that I highly recommend. Now, there are other people outside of that particular demographic who believe that they're born in the wrong body. But that is what they believe. Now, the question that you have to ask again, how do you know that? Well, we know part of how they know that is because, well, they have been taught that gender is fluid. And what I mean by that is there aren't male and female anymore. Uh, Cisgender, a a male or a female, well, those are only two options. Now, uh, because gender is fluid, there are many options, and that is the knowledge that they have been, that, that, that they have been, uh, 
made to believe uh, through uh, brainwashing and uh, manipulation and, and even threats of being censored if you choose to believe anything other than uh, fluid gender. And so that is their knowledge base. And so we need to see how an infected knowledge base affects affects a, p- a person's beliefs and practices. I've given you two illustrations here with the person who believes that uh, the earth is flat, which we totally reject. And I, I think by now, common sense even rejects it as well. And then a person that believes that there are multiple genders, not only that, but they were born in the wrong body. And there are many other uh, less climatic and less emotional uh, belief systems that we encounter on a day day basis uh, in your office or uh, in your community, at the coffee shop, in your school, at your work, wherever, even in your church, by the way, you will interact with people who have a belief system that is different from yours. And so this is where we have to ask the all-important question, and that is, where is the best source for knowledge? Now, as Christians, we know that we have a transcendent moral authority. It is the ultimate transcendent knowledge base, and that is God's Word. The Holy written word of God. As we see in 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul said that God expired, meaning that he breathed out. Uh, The King James Bible says that the word of God is inspired. The accurate translation would be expired. Of course, expired doesn't sound right in the English language. What he's really saying is God breathed out. He breathed into men, and they wrote words that we call our Bible, what we have to Day is 66 books, 1189 chapters, and that is the transcendent moral authority. And Paul says that God's word is profitable for four things. It is profitable for teaching. It is profitable for uh, rebuking it is pro- or reproof. It is profitable for correcting and is profitable for training in righteousness. And so we have a transcendent ultimate moral authority. And if you try to change a person's uh, beliefs and and practices without addressing their source of knowledge, where you want to be very careful in how you do that, as I said earlier, disciplers are constantly analyzing a person's belief systems as they try to work through what they believe and, and why they believe. And, and what they know intuitively, that if they want to address a person's belief system, then they have to take it up one more level and address their knowledge base. Where in the world did they get these ideas? Because that is the point of origin that creates the belief system. So if someone says that they believe that the world is flat, well, we would go to God's Word. And the flat earther, of course, does not ascribe to the Bible. And so what you have here is a competition. We are competing between uh, adversarial or antithetical sources of knowledge, and that is where you want to be careful as you help them. With your goal, your aim is to help them to ascribe to a sufficiency of Scripture worldview. Now, we would also do the same for the person who uh, had a gender-fluid uh, worldview. 
where they were pulling from a knowledge base. It says genders are fluid, they're not binary, and not only that, but you can pretend to be something that you're not. A female can pretend to be, pretend to be a male, and a male can pretend to be a female. And so it's important that we understand this formula. Knowledge creates belief systems. Belief systems create the practices that they have. So if you try to change beliefs and practices without addressing the source of knowledge, well, you'll be talking past each other. You won't be able to help them ultimately. Let me give you an illustration of this from James chapter 4. You're familiar with this. I have been writing a book for the last while on anger, and James chapter 4 talks about anger. When he asks this rhetorical question, he says, What causes quarrels and what causes conflict among you? And what he's trying to do is to uh, tweak and alter our knowledge base. He says that the causes of quarrels and conflict, it comes from the desires of our heart. He wants us to know. He wants us to have a pure knowledge base that says the cause of my anger does not come from that person out there. But the cause of my anger comes from my own heart. He says uh, that you, uh, is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Do you see what James is doing here? He's trying to alter our knowledge base because the temptation would be, and maybe you have fallen to this temptation. I know I have. When I get angry, I believe uh, that is because of the other person that made me angry. And sometimes we'll say it like this. She made me so angry or he made me so angry. That is a belief system. Why do we believe that? Well, James is asking, he's asking that question to draw us out, to help us to think about where this knowledge comes from. And he's saying that's the wrong knowledge. If you believe that that person, place, or thing has made you angry, well, that's a belief system. It's going to create awful practices. You'll never be able to have conflict resolution because your knowledge base is wrong. And so he's asking a very helpful question to get us to change our knowledge base so that we will believe something radically different. That is not my brother, oh Lord. It's not my sister, but it is me that stands in need of prayer. I got angry because I chose to get angry, and now I am on a better track to be able to resolve some of the conflict in my life. Now, let me also add a caveat here that what I'm talking about here anybody can do to some degree, at least in a limited degree. But I think it would be fair to you and me, and especially if we're looking for help from someone to make this disclaimer, that not everyone has the gifting to be able to unwind a person's knowledge, belief, system, and their practices. That a person will not, every body will not have the ability to analyze at that level. And it just needs to be said because there are some complex situations to where people's belief systems can be so 
intertwined in the shaping influences that have flowed into their lives for many decades has created this knowledge base, the way that they think about life and relationships and God and even the way they think about themselves. And as you get inside that knowledge warehouse, you're going to find a web of complexity. And so there is definitely a skill set. And so while I don't want to scare you away from the from the rigors of discipleship, I, I do want to say out loud that there are differences in gifting of people who are able to do this. And sometimes it, maybe it's not so much gifting, but it's time and grade. It's maturity as a person who has been doing this for a, a long time. They have the gifting, uh, but they haven't gotten in the reps, so to speak, to where they have that proficiency at doing it. But it's important to know that because uh, all disciple makers are not equal. And so I want to give uh, several more illustrations as I wrap up this podcast, episode 403, titled The Difference Between Believing Something and Knowing Something. And, and one of those is something that I see in counseling like almost all the time, and that's when you're helping victims of some horrific uh, situation. Sometimes victims of, of a terrible event in their lives because of the sin that came uh, to them, what happened happened to them is that they will not have a sufficiency of Scripture worldview for whatever reason. And because they don't have the sufficiency of Scripture worldview, the ultimate transcendent moral authority as far as their knowledge base, well, that faulty knowledge base can skew their belief systems, which will ultimately create terrible practices in their lives. For example, I talked about this to a couple of people uh, in uh, Klamath Falls as I was working through some counseling situations, and this is a common outworking of a person who has been victimized. And as I say this, I do want you to understand, I am not uh, minimalizing what happened to them. No, I'm talking about legit victimization. It's legit. But we have to be honest when we talk about legit things that happen to us that we want to think about it in a comprehensive way. For example, let's say that someone was victimized. They were sinned against in a horrific way. And you can fill in the blank there as far as is what that may mean, and I'm sure you can do that. And sometimes when a person is victimized because they're not operating from a pure transcendent moral authority, a sufficiency of Scripture worldview, that they can take a moral high ground. And when they take that moral high ground, it's like they can say and do anything that they want to say because in their own mind it's kind of sanitized meaning that they can respond sinfully to their victim. They can respond sinfully to anyone that tries to help them to walk through their sinful responses to what happened to them. Uh, one of the more common illustrations of this is the angry teenager. I was one of those, and I took the moral high ground. Uh, my dad was a horrific person. He was just a mean person. There's no other way around it. And he had five boys. And all of us, to one degree, because of the horrificness of what happened to us, in our minds, well, we didn't know Christ, of course, and so we had to work this out outside of God's transcendent moral authority. And so there were aspects of our responses to Him where we could respond sinfully to Him and, and sanitize it to make it okay. And so our evil response to Him was okay because 
uh, it didn't compare to what he did to us. Now, that is something that I see often uh, in victimology, and I wanted to bring it out because, again, many of you interact with victims, and it takes a lot of courage and compassion to be able to walk through this because if they do take that moral high ground where they rationalize or justify their sinful responses to sin, then you have a complex situation here that you have to work through. And that's why I say that every disciple maker cannot do this. Either they don't have the presence of the gifting to do this, or they don't have the time and grade. Uh, they haven't. They don't, they don't have the maturity because they haven't done it uh, often enough to be able to walk a victim through this skillfully. And sometimes we disciple makers can really botch it up because we don't have the mature skill set or don't have the skill set at all. Any bad experience that the Bible does not inform accurately will fuel fuel faulty belief systems. That's why it's so critical that we have a transcendent moral authority or the sufficiency of Scripture worldview. Because if our bad experiences are not interpreted through the filter of God's Word, then these pockets of faulty belief systems will begin to develop in our minds, and it will infect our practices, our personal sanctification, and it will also uh, impact adversely our relationships. And so knowing these things that I'm sharing with you is a high call uh, for sobriety and, and scrutinizing how and why we respond to difficulties. Not just how and why other people respond to difficulties, but how do we? And I think the bottom line here is that if our marching orders do not come from God's Word, our experiences will always lead us down a bad path. And so I want to give you, uh, let's I got four illustrations here. One of them I already mentioned, so I won't spend a lot of time here. But I want to give you four illustrations that are very common, and I'm sure you're familiar with most of them. The first one I've already mentioned is a horrific childhood that many of us have had. This child could come to salvation as an adult, for example, and the temptation of legalism could be quite alluring for them. Let me illustrate what I what I mean. And so my father was a heavy-handed authoritarianism. He was just a mean man. And so there was a conditional relationship there. And I knew that as long as I hit all the marks, his marks, and I didn't disappoint him, then I could pretty much skate through the day and not get hit or cursed out. And so I learned to have a conditional relationship with an authority figure. Well, imagine that person, me, coming into salvation, and I learn of another authority figure. His name is God Almighty. Well, I already know how he operates because I have a working understanding of what an authority figure is, and I know it's a conditional relationship, and that's what I mean by legalism's temptations. Just give me the rules. I want to hit all the marks. I want to do what God wants me to do, and so I can skate through the day without God, without God doing something horrific to me. Imagine how awful that is. Imagine how faulty that knowledge base is, not understanding who God the Father is, and it impacts my belief system and my practices. Here's another one, harmful relationships. Well, I was talking about my father, but I want to go another way here. And so let's say that a person has a harmful relationship, and so they become a cynic. 
and maybe a good way to define cynic in context of what I'm saying here is that a person who is suspicious of other people. And so when a person does something good, they are cynical, they are suspicious because they have this powerful shaping influence that manages their mind. And so their knowledge base says that that this person here has an ulterior motive for why they did what they did. That is the cynic. And sometimes when you have many harmful relationships or a long-standing harmful relationship, uh, you can go off into cynicism or, as Elvis would say, suspicious minds. And that can, and if that is your knowledge base, that's going to affect your beliefs and your practices. A third illustration would be bullying and alienation. A person who is bullied, say, let's, let's say as a child or uh, maybe someone on the internet, because that happens so often uh, these days. Well, this pattern could lead a person to isolate as they begin to believe the lie that they are not a worthy image bearer. If someone tells you that you are an inferior human being, which is the communicated message through bullying, you're a small person, you're an, uh, unvalued, uh, a non-valued person, you're not a significant person, you can begin to exchange the truth of God for a lie and, and, and not understand what it means to be made in the image of God, and it can cause you to isolate and be alienated from people because your knowledge base is creating a belief system that is affecting your practices. And then my fourth illustration here is a bad church experience. And we all, well, maybe not all, many of us have had bad church experiences. And what will happen is that the congregant will map their bad church experience uh, over any church that they attend, uh, whether it's a cliquish church or an authoritarian pastor, and they'll map their experience over that, and that becomes their knowledge base, which affects their belief systems. This is episode 403. The title of it is The Difference Between Believing Something and Knowing Something. Well, knowing something is primary. That's the first thing because it impacts what we believe. I have a call to action here if you want to check it out. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.